We are now live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to beta episode number four of the Social Media Addicts podcast. I'm Seth. And I'm Barry. What? You muted yourself. There, well, that was a delay. You said it, and three minutes later, it happened. That was very strange. We're having some technical difficulties on our side. That's the reason why we're beta. And not, you know, number one, I haven't hit episode one yet. That's the reason why we need you to be our Patreon sponsors over there. Yeah, we're still working That's on that. Patreon. In- installing. Use a budget. Yeah. Still working on installing the high, high-speed fiber cable into the house, so. Exactly. Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, at least I'm, yeah, Barry needs some high-powered um, Wi-Fi. Or, needs, yeah. or, you, or you need to plug in. So, anyhow, well, welcome to episode number four. This time, Barry's wide awake, not staring at his eyelids like last week. I'm here. His eyes are open. See? See? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, he's back to his jovial self. His kids are at work in the background. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, my kid's trying to sleep with my me talking next door, so we're going to try to keep it a little bit low, because it is 9.30 on Wednesday, April 2nd over here. So let's get started. So how are you doing, Barry? I'm doing well, Seth. How are you doing? Surviving. Good. I'm doing good. I'm welcome yeah. finally to spring, which is nice. Yes, that is, that is wonderful. Long now time just, you now it just needs to stop raining. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so I guess let's dive right into it. Um, do you want to start off with the survey? Yeah, so, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about um, our survey that we conducted, and we um, we got some good results, and, and actually we, we ran it for a little bit longer than we wanted to, or than we originally planned. But uh, the the intent was to, to get enough data so we could draw some significant conclusions. So we've done that, and uh, some of the information that we talked about in our original uh, review of this when we had Jared on the show, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the data has seemed to be consistent in terms of uh, professionals' use of social media channels. And, um, the, you know, so obviously the things you would have expected, which is what we saw come out of the, um, the survey in terms of the, the preference of channels, LinkedIn is obviously the, the most professional uh, or most popular and you know what we did find though is across age ranges, um, we have a significant growth in the the perceived value of mm-hmm. social media channels in professional development, personal branding, um, as a valuable tool for people in their professional lives, both exchanging with customers, uh, external stakeholders, and within their organizations. And I think it's really interesting too because this is. You know, we t- we talked about sort of the public social networks, but really, mm-hmm. I think this whole enterprise 2.0 or social collaboration is is at a tipping point. And I think uh, it would be interesting to to go back and and see if we can understand those folks that are now uh, finding more value from these public social networks. Um, are they? Internally in their organizations, are they moving towards more social tools within their organizations, right? Um, collaboration tools like Yammer and Chatter and, and those types of things, right? Because there's a growing trend around that, um, those types of, of initiatives in organizations. And there's there's real business value being generated from those things. So I think that, that's going to be interesting. So what we'll plan on doing is um, we're in sort of the first week in April here. 
we'll plan on having those results published for um, our next show. We'll put some of the charts up, mm -hmm. and we'll be able to show so folks some of the, uh, the the final results. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So it turned out pretty good. Uh, yeah. Actually, really good. I was very happy to see the responses that we got. You know, range everywhere from you know early twenties all the way to like mid sixties. So it was good. Good range. Good sampling. So. Yeah. Let's move on to something completely different, as they used to say, Monty Python. What the hell is Facebook thinking? And that could mean a bunch of different things, because every single week Facebook is doing something stupid or crazy or whatever. But this time they bought a virtual virtual reality headset. What's, what's going on, Barry? Yeesh. You know, um... <laughs> I, I, I wish I knew. Yeah, this is bizarre. So you know, I kind of I put a um, I put a post on Facebook yesterday, April Fools, mm -hmm. um, about uh, Facebook now using DNA profiling for for um, privacy and security screening. Um, but this one doesn't seem like it's too far off from that. I mean, exactly. It's like what all the heck? data, but at the end of the day, I mean, what 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 additional User member insight data are they going to collect from from the, this technology? I you you probably have a better idea of it than I do because I can't figure it out. I'm stumped. Um, do you want to look at your Facebook profile in 3D? I don't know. I, I guess I mean, there's I mean, some hypotheses on the in the tech world saying that it, yeah. Well, what do they think they're a pirate? What's that? What are some of the hypotheses that you've read? Later on, they're, they're going to want to do something like make it like online community, like Second Life and stuff like that. I mean, I'm still very much stumped. I think everyone's kind of stumped, like what, what they're trying to do. I mean, I know a lot of the Kickstarter people that support them through Kickstarter are feeling very um, let down because they didn't get equity. But the yeah. thing is, when you do stuff through, through Kickstarter, you don't get equity. You Report the project, and if you pay enough, you get a prototype. Hmm. So I don't know what that whole thing is. I just don't get it. Like Instagram makes sense. Hmm. You know, a lot of their acquisitions make sense. The privacy policies don't, but their acquisitions generally make some sense. This is like maybe Mark, I don't know. And there was a lot of money. It was a few billion. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg throws billions out like it's like dollars. Well, you know, he did take a pay cut, so he's got a few extra dollars hanging around. Yeah, but I mean, the guy could afford a few more pay cuts. He can give me some of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing, right? So, I, well, there's two different issues, uh, right? When you talk about the the Kickstarter revolt, mm -hmm. you know, I, I I think it's important to touch on that part of this uh, mm -hmm. because you know people need to go into that. Um, and people in that community need to realize that there's no there's no implicit contract when you donate money to a, a venture on Kickstarter that you really have any say, never mind equity, but any any influence or say in what the company does. So they chose to, you know, the, the community was upset because while they didn't take the funding and develop it organically and do the things that they Said they were going to do apparently, or or the community implied that they were or inferred that they were going to do. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're 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 given an idea that you think is a cool idea, a few bucks, and and that's really and like you said, that's all you get out of it. 
or you get a you get a prototype, or you get a beta product, or you get a first shipment or something, and that's mm -hmm. it. You don't get any say as to what the the founders of the company do with the company, whether they turn around and sell it, trash it, whatever, right? I mean, so a lot, a lot of times you'd be lucky if you, if you see anything, because a lot of times you don't get anything from Kickstarter. They, they, you never they don't see so, so I think that you know the the community has to sort of you know take a deep breath and uh, all right you know you, you have to understand that going in, but in in terms of of the technology, mm -hmm. like you mentioned the second light the virtual life stuff. I, I my other thought was are they going to try and do a Google Glass kind of thing where face how are you going to do, do that with a giant box in your face? You can't walk and. Yeah, right, but I mean, I don't know what the underlying technology is, right, from a from a projection perspective, maybe, you know, maybe it can be projected and, and used as sort of a, you know, a, a overlay against, a, you know, a Google Glass kind of concept, I don't know, um, that, that would make maybe sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, in turn, and you know, hey, if they have any ambitions of doing that, they buy it now for a couple of billion dollars, as opposed to two years from now when it could be ten times that that price. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. But I mean, one of the, another one that um was kind of perplexing was the the purchase for sixteen billion, blah, 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 billion of WhatsApp, and this is like a week or two before they bought Oculus for a few billion. I mean, obviously they're not hurting for money, but that's a lot of billions. It is. What, yeah. what, was your, what was your take on and then we met, did we ever talk about WhatsApp on the show? We we did. I think the last, last show we talked about WhatsApp and you know here's here's my my um I don't use it my, anymore. My thought is is this and again I'm not a financial analyst but we but you look at it from a um, a Wall Street perspective and a business growth perspective. You know, mm -hmm. is Facebook already looking at um significant challenges to organic growth from a revenue perspective, right? I mean, how much more revenue, ad revenue can they generate? Um, they already have, what, uh, three, three billion users or whatever? No, there's, more, there's only three billion people in the world. They have at least a billion users. A billion users, right? So, I mean, how much more can they expand? And China's got their own version of Facebook, right? So you're taking a billion people off the, 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 the charts right there. So, so how much more can they grow in terms not of good network. users, and then how much more can they extract from a you know a, a revenue per user? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting. Are they looking at that model, going, all right? So, organic growth is is might, might hit hit a plateau pretty quickly here, and we got to think about growing through M and A activity, whatever it is, right? I mean. Whether it whether it makes sense from a technology perspective or not, right? Maybe they they are already this early in their business cycle thinking about diversification. Who knows? Maybe they jumped the shark. Yeah, yeah, right. It's Google Plus is catching up. I mean, Google it's Plus is more about the ideas, not about the people. You know. Yeah. We're on Google Plus right now. Also, here's another thing that I suppose we should talk about is what do you think about um, the reach, organic reach for business pages going down to two percent? And but you have to buy. Business pages have to buy the right to talk to the people that like them. Yeah. How yeah. rotten is that? I mean, in the E twenty four E twenty four the E twenty four seven is a um is a platform for ordering food, you know, via your mobile app. They mm -hmm. need to open um breakup letter with Facebook today. Mm -hmm. They said we're we're done with you guys because you know we want to talk to our fans. 
and you're not letting us. You're you're extorting money from us. It's extortion. And what do you think, Barry? I mean, you're you're ingrained in this as much as I am. Yeah. It, it, so again, it it, it kind of gets back to what we were just talking about a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. I, I it it appears like it's it's a it's it's a bit of desperation mm-hmm. um, on Facebook's part in terms of they're looking at their sources of revenue and maybe potentially panicking, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, well, what they're going to do, right, is they're going to open up the uh, a window for somebody else to come in and create some platform, maybe particularly for businesses to to do something different, right? I mean, it's always that switching cost, right? It's like with anything. It's with your cable company, with your cell phone company, with your bank. If your current provider makes the cost to switch less, then you're more likely to switch to an alternative, right? So you look at the effort, the customer effort to switch, and and if they're going to keep doing these things, then they're going to motivate people to, to look at alternatives. Now, if you think about it, Google Plus is probably the biggest one to stand, you know, stand to gain from this because almost everybody has a Google Plus listing because they have a Google Local listing. And Google Local is not Google Plus. So if you think about it, your business already has a business page on Google Plus. So their entry is very low. Mm-hmm. There is a big population on Google Plus. I mean, I was just talking on Reddit the other day with people about this, how, how much I hate people saying that Google Plus is a ghost town. And a lot of people are like, no one says that anymore. Like, it's kind of a given that it isn't a ghost town anymore. It's, but it's for ideas. It's for thoughts. It's not just exactly saying, hey, look at my, my spring vacation pictures. I mean, it can be. It is what, for what you want it to be. But um, I, I think that Google Plus is going to be here for a while because it's not Google's end, it's not Google's end game. It's part of Google's end game. It's part of Google becoming more of a social company, but it's not a social network. It's, it's a social layer above search, above data, above Google's a data company. Facebook wants to be a data company, but they're first and foremost a social network. And that's the big difference is that you got Google Plus that provides data. I mean, yes, you're on Google Plus and it's free. So you are the you you are the product. But personally, fine. I'm the product targeted ads at me. I'm fine with getting targeted ads. They're not getting non-targeted ads. I'm sure I have ads that I want to save in that are relevant to me than ads that aren't. So, I mean, we're the product on both of these platforms, but one's relevant, one's not. Yeah. You know, it, you made a great point, Seth, and when you think about it, um, I mean, I know personally that I use Google+. Plus. The, 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 the richness of engagement I have on Google+, mm-hmm. Plus is, is multiples of the engagement I have on Facebook, right? Facebook is, is in my opinion, it's it's a broadcast medium. It's, it's not even that. It's a mess. It is a mess. Right? You don't like. I want to see my feed. Like I want to see my feed of like Barry posted a minute ago. Like I want to see the feed like in chronological order. I don't get that. They decide who I see. They decide. BS. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I can never. See, I have to go to individual pages to see individual things. So if I want to see what Barry's up to. Barry and I show up. It's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, Well, it's stuff like this we're doing here, right? I mean, th- this and, and being able to connect directly and post this on YouTube. And, I mean, this, it's, it's, it's much richer engagement. It's, um, mm-hmm. 
again, you're, you, my Facebook feed looks more like a Twitter feed every day. Mm -hmm. And, and Twitter is better than Facebook. Yeah, it is, right? It is. Twitter, it, Twitter it, is a broadcast medium. Twitter is a conversation platform. Yeah. I don't know. What here's another thing. What do you think about this Google um, Apps for Education? This big uproar about them, their them, serotypically. I don't know the word, but yeah, very secretively um, taking you know, mar marketing to students, you mm -hmm. know, high school students. Like personally, I don't see an issue with it. I say if they're free product mm -hmm. and they're getting schools are getting for free, Google mm -hmm. has to make money. Mm -hmm. I mean. I mean, yeah, it's kind of creepy, but they're targeting ads. They're not targeting. They're not. Re they're not doing creepy stuff. I mean, hmm. I mean, it's a free product. Like, it's kind of like you, have to, you don't get stuff for free. Either hmm. you pay for something, you're paying for a product, or you are the product. Mm -hmm. And if schools aren't coughing up money for Google, for Google Apps for Education, they're not paying for for it. Then their students. And their administrators are are the product. And if you think about it, if you think about it, you go down to the root cause. I was thinking, well, well do they use, why can't they use this Gmail in general? Well, they're the product on Gmail too. So it's like, I mean, what do you think, Barry? So in terms of the the ads and so forth, how is that any different than the the Coke machine in the cafeteria? I mean, think about yeah. it, right? You know, the the. Yeah, high school students are getting bombarded by brands everywhere they turn in in the four walls of the building, right? So yeah. I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. Yeah, and it was on it was on Fresh Air, it was on NPR tonight. I was like, "What's the big deal? Why is this a story?" Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. And you know, in in terms of the strategy, I think it's brilliant, right? I mean, um, Google came out years ago. Remember when they started to. Um, you know, digitize all this library content and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, right? I mean, you know, they they made a, a a statement a few years ago when they started doing that 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 um, you know education was a sort of this mass uh, what do they call you know mass online um, courses, right? I mean that that uh, mass, MOOCs. MOOC. yeah, MOOCs, right? That mass online education was a strategy that they declared a couple of years ago, and and so now they've got all the content, right? Mm -hmm. Now they just package it in these apps and say, how do we deliver it? Mm -hmm. I I think it's brilliant, you know. And and they're and they're doing something good for people, but they're also making money. I mean, you, you yeah. can't you can stuff for free. What's wrong with that, right? Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, we I mean, we're both parents, but we're also both marketers. Mm -hmm. So we see both sides of it. I mean, I do see why people are creeped out. People are creeped out by Google. Don't use the product. Right. Oh, here's a concept. Pay for your email. Oh, yeah. Pay, pay for it. Pay for everything. Pay for everything. If you do, if you are getting something for free, you are the product. Even in the real world, if you get something for free in the mail from Procter & Gamble or, you know, there's Procter & Gamble packets they send you free deodorant to try out, you're the target. You're, you're the product, not simply because they want you to help you to go buy some more. Yeah, absolutely. So, I have I mean, no problem whatsoever. Deal with it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, call, I mean, call me heartless, but it's it is what it is. I mean, well, and it's interesting too, right? Because it, you know the 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 target audience for these apps 
are a demographic where I mean the kids are grown they they're used to this so they don't you know the the kids aren't thinking twice about it I mean I'm making a, a assumption here but the kids are probably not thinking twice about it it's the teachers and and the people that haven't grown up in this environment mm -hmm. you know and, and even on Google search right so you you know you get your your targeted ads on the right hand side of your screen I mean kids have grown up with that and and so they're just used to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's weird. I mean, Fresh Air is, is you know, WHYY. It's based in Philadelphia. And the Lower Marion School District, a few years ago, was caught spying on the webcams of their students. Oh, yeah, I remember and, that. And they likened this to that, and you can't. No. The first one was creepy. The first one was pedophile-like. It was creepy. I mean, oh, you can put, you know, you can put one of these on top of your, your webcam. So you, both, you, can't, you can't see me yeah. now, see? Yeah. But, you know... I mean, well, I think that's completely different. And just for people you know that weren't familiar with the story, you know, the the school district was handing out laptops, and they were recording kids um, anytime they wanted through the, the the cameras built into the laptops. And administration was having access to that that video data, and it, it's completely different than that. And and the exactly. had a right to be upset with that sort of voyeuristic firing activity. Sure. The whole idea the whole idea of that was actually doing stuff that they weren't supposed to do. Right. The problem was these laptops are in they didn't think it through. These laptops are in their kids' bedrooms. So these kids are taking showers, getting undressed in front of this this, this webcam, not knowing that it's on. Yeah. That's just creepy. Yeah. Like, seriously? Come on. You're near a school district. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how anyone thought that was right. <laughs> And you're and you're a rich school district. Right. You're yeah. giving your kids laptops in public schools. Yeah. And you're doing this. Yeah. Also, whatever happens what happens at home is the parents' responsibility. Mm -hmm. Seriously, if if my kid does something at home that that's stupid, let me deal with it. Right. At least deal with it. Not yeah. the school district. It's two separate things, but that's all in our debate. So. Yeah. So what else do you want to talk about, Barry? Hey, maybe last topic um, uh, yeah. is, is I want to throw out um, some information I've been reading lately from a business perspective. When we talk about mm -hmm. you know multi-channel customer engagement, mm -hmm. been seeing a lot of research lately about um, well, a couple of different things. Uh, there's been research conducted that's really drawing into question the predictive value of social media data from mm -hmm. a consumer behavior perspective, right? Um, and because of the anonymity of, of a lot of the channels and, and um, mm -hmm. they're, they're not, this research study looked at correlation between what people are saying they're doing online and what they actually do in terms of behavior offline. Mm -hmm. It's very different. So I think that could have compelling implications in terms of where marketers continue to spend their money. Right? And how they spend their money, right? Because I think it's interesting when if you're going to use social media to truly engage your consumers, identify your influencers, identify your advocates, truly engage with them through community management or other types of activities like that, then yes, then then you're making a connection with those those consumers and there will be a stronger correlation. But if you're just Absolutely. sort of doing this broad brush um you know, listening, passive data collection and analysis, and trying to use sort of market re general market research techniques. Then yeah, then then you probably are going to reach some conclusions where you know what people say they're going to do. It's like like net promoter score, right? 
So again, would you recommend? Yeah, sure, I would recommend, but that doesn't mean I actually go out and do it, right? I don't recommend to my friends. Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to recommend, but there's nothing saying that I'm actually going to do it. So I think that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on in terms of how that develops. And then the second thing is just, I think it was just today or yesterday, I saw an article yeah. in Forbes about um, a survey that was conducted by Forbes about um, a number of, of Fortune 1000 companies that are actually taking down and deactivating their Twitter customer service channels. Mm -hmm. Fascinating in, in the sense that um, they didn't really go into a lot of detail about why, but you can sort of draw a couple of conclusions as to why, and my opinion as to why is I think companies are really struggling with operationalizing those mm -hmm. channels, scaling those channels, and there's a there's a disconnect, right? They you know the whole Comcast cares thing, right? And Frank Eliason did a great job of um, uh, that channel, right, and serving customers in that channel. But overall, the company had terrible customer service. They mm -hmm. didn't connect the dots between the channels, right? So they had this channel sitting out there as a silo, saying, "Oh, it's great, and it's getting a lot of press and all that kind of stuff." But the that's fucked, yeah. Yeah, you call into the contact center and you can't get anyone to show up at your house. So yeah. you know, so I think it's those two things, and and so it's interesting that instead of going and fixing that problem, companies just seem to be throwing up their hands and going, "All right, we're we're done. We're just getting out of that channel." You can't do that because if if you get rid of that, you're just, you're not servicing. Well, you're yeah, servicing you're, you're your abandoning users. a segment of customers, right? Yeah, I mean, like I do when I was with Comcast, no Fios, but when I was with Comcast, every time I had an issue, which was frequently, but still, I never left Comcast for the longest time because they responded to me via, you know, Twitter. I moved from Ben Salem to Doylestown, all through Twitter, all through DMs, and you know, even now, Verizon isn't half bad with their support. I mean, they're not they're not nearly as fast as Comcast cares. That they'll take a few hours. Whereas Comcast cares is still on it. They're like, I mean, Will over Comcast is incredible. Yeah. I mean, they, they 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 use lithium, and they use it really well. So, well, well this was our fourth podcast. Uh, we would love if you could help us with our infrastructure a little bit. You can go over to let's go over this way. There we go. Other hand, but you can go to SOCL. .ws slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and help us make this better. Give Barry a direct connection to the Internet versus some stupid Wi-Fi. At least I'm connected, but even then I need some more infrastructure. You can also call us. Which, Barry, did you know we had a phone number? I do. Yeah, 804-4-SOCIAL. You can do that. Um, you can follow me. on. You can follow us actually anywhere online. You can follow us on Social Media Addicts, on Twitter, or SM Addicts. You know, social media addicts podcast on Google Plus. Look around. I mean, you can go to socialmediaaddictspodcast.com and find everything. You can find me at plus F goals in Google Plus. Wait, I'm up here. I'm still getting the hang of this. They're right there. There you go. And you can find us on YouTube where this is live streaming right now. And you find me on Twitter at Seth Goldstein. Barry, where can we find the wise Barry? Yes, where is Barry? Where is Waldo? I think uh, you're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> plus Barry Dalton. And Twitter, BS Dalton, at BS Dalton, and of course on, on my friendly Facebook account, Barry Dalton 2, because apparently, uh, um, 
apparently I was late to the Facebook game, and there was already a Barry Dalton on Facebook. <laughs> Who knew? Um, yeah. But yeah, so so those are the major places. There you go, and BarryDalton.com. That's right, my blog, BarryDalton.com, and I've gone all video on my blog. So um, so um, my fingers are taking a rest on the keyboard. There you go, buddy. All right, this has been episode number five. Hopefully I'll see you in two weeks. Barry stays awake. Yeah, you got it, Seth. I'll be there. All right.